Hello, and this is Dr. Quackers. Uh, I am welcoming you today to my first podcast. Uh, this will be the first of many movie and TV reviews, and I hope you enjoy. So I'm going to explain a little bit of how I rate the films. Uh, I, do, I go on a 1 to 10 scale. Um, honestly, all of my reviews are based on my own opinion. You can feel however you want about the films, and you can completely agree or completely disagree with me. Either way, I just hope you enjoy. And I hope I can shed some uh, light on how you might have felt about films, or maybe it'll change your opinion about a film. I will also be uh, talking about spoilers and any sorts of the films. I'm not going to uh, just only talk about like present-day films. I'm going to talk about whatever, whatever movie or TV show I want to talk about. Um, so I'm going to give a little bit of uh, some backstory for this podcast. I have written... Uh, many movie reviews on Google Drive. I've done it since I was a teenager. Um, I'm a huge uh, movie buff. I love movies. I watch them all the time. Um, so I, I really hope you enjoy this and uh, go along this journey with me. So the first movie I'm going to review is one of the first movies I have in my memory as a child. And it's going to be The Batman or Batman. Uh, 1989, uh, directed by Tim Burton, stars Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson as the titular roles of Batman and Joker. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, it has some issues, but I, don't, I just, I, I can never, I always think on that film when I watch other Batman films, I think that was what maybe the benchmark for any Batman movie I watch. Like, is it better? Is it worse? What What's the huge difference between these films? Uh, what are the different takes? I think uh, my biggest complaint of the film, especially with some of the other people who are also a big fan of it, is that Batman <laughs> straight up kills people um, in this movie. Uh, it's a very big deviation from the comics. He's not supposed to kill people, but I mean, it's Tim Burton, so it's it's <laughs> people are going to die. I, I just, I don't know, like, I've, I always love and enjoying watching this film. I used to watch it with my father all the time, uh, my cousin also loved it, so I've, I've, I, all my family members used to watch it a lot as a kid, and it was one of those big Batman things, other than this movie, I used to watch the Batman animated series, and they're very along the same line of how the character acts, it's more focused on the detective work, not so much him being able to pulverize criminals, and I think that's what makes him this movie's so special is that he actually does like detective work. And I, I like this angle of the Joker that it's kind of this like paradox in a sense that the Joker made Batman, but Batman made Joker. So neither can exist without the other. Um, because the Joker in this film, uh, whose original name was Jack Napier, who worked for the mob, murdered Batman's parents, Bruce Wayne's parents. Um, and in doing so, Batman corners him in Acne Chemicals, uh, sorry, Ace Chemicals, Acne's Looney Tunes. <laughs> um, and he tries to save him after he falls over a railing from a ricocheted bullet that Batman deflected into his face. Um, and he falls into the chemicals and becomes the teacher of the, uh, the most, probably the most famous movie villain against uh, Darth Vader, uh, the Joker. And... I think both of their performances are extremely hard to beat, and I think that's why so many films after this tried to stay away from that side of Batman, because capturing 
that relationship between Batman and Joker is extremely hard to do. Uh, for example of that is Suicide Squad. I mean, the few scenes we had with Batman and Joker is just, who, who gives a shit? I mean, I don't like Jared Leto's Joker. Um, I know he's going to be in the uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'll see how he, how he does, but I, I can't stand that Joker. And I think it's because I'm so used to Joker in this movie. I, I, I don't like the huge deviation from this one in Suicide Squad's Joker because I don't like the whole, like, I'm a badass gangster thing. Like, Joker's a gangster, yes, but he's based on, like, the Al Capone gangsters, not like Compton. And I don't, I don't like that. I mean, I get what they're going for. They're trying to modernize the character, but I just, they shouldn't do that. I mean, the only, the only Joker I can really think of that rivals this type of Joker is Mark Hamill's. And I prefer Mark Hamill's Joker. He's, he's, he's just covered the character so many times. I just, I just love him. But I think live action wise, um, because uh, Mark Hamill has only voiced the Joker. He's never played him in live action. I think live action-wise, Jack Nicholson gets to the core of comic book Joker much more than anyone else. In the sense that he's very much like the character in that he hates Batman, but he also loves him. The uh, Another example of a Joker that did that would be Heath Ledger's it very much talks on the arc of like, especially when Batman's interrogating him in the dark Knight. he very much talks about the paradox between the two of them, that they're the same, but they're not. They're the same person in the sense that Batman embodies all order and the Joker's all anarchy. And before that, I, I can't think of another version where that's covered so well. I love Alfred in this movie. Um, he's probably my favorite live-action Alfred. I, I do really like Michael Caine. Um, I'm not a big fan of Jeremy Irons' Alfred. It's nothing against him. It's just he doesn't really get a whole lot of screen time. But I, I, as a kid, this was my Alfred. I, anytime I thought of Alfred, this is who I thought of. I think he fits the character really well. I love the dynamic d between him and Batman. I like how he doesn't <laughs> just take uh, Bruce Wayne's shit. He gives him sass. He's got a great humor to him. I wish he was a little tougher um, than he is in the movies because, I mean, you can't always have an Alfred that kicks ass because, I mean, he is much older in this film uh, than some other iterations of the character. But but um, Alfred does know how to fight somewhat, not to the same level that, you know, other people in the Bat family, but he can hold his own. Um, they don't really uh, touch on that so much in this movie, which is completely fine. It's, it's nothing against it. It's just more of... Um, my comic book knowledge that gets in the way. So I love that. I, 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 part of me wishes that they continued with this Joker. Um, I don't know. Sometimes when, he, when I watch his death scene at the end of the film, I kind of wish that he didn't die, but I understand why he had to die. It's part of that part of the arc, which is later touched on in the, in the sequels to this film is that, just because you defeat your enemy doesn't mean that that anger and that sense of revenge goes away. Um, that he, that Batman can never really have closure uh, with the trauma that he's dealt with. So I understand why he had to die 
I understand why the other villains in the franchise die later. So I, I totally get it, but part of me wishes that Jack Nicholson was in other movies just because I love him so much. Um, a What a lot of people didn't want to play Batman, uh, Michael Keaton. I really like him as Batman. Um, I love him in both of the films he played because he also plays Batman and Batman Returns. I don't know. Like, I know he's not the most physically imposing Batman, but I just feel like he really captured the image and what Bruce is supposed to be. Very much uh, covers the duology of Batman because he, he struggles very much with both sides of his persona. Um, being that he can't, he feels as though he can't really talk to who he's interested in this film, uh, Vicky Vale, about his other side. And it's only kind of hinted at to her that he is Batman in one scene when he's um, hanging upside down and, and obviously very, very, <laughs> very over the top. He hints that like, oh, he's like a bat. He's hanging upside down. Um, and when he doesn't phase at all to when the Joker attacks another mob boss in front of him. He, in fact, he gets shot in the shoulder or a bullet grazes him and it, he doesn't, it doesn't phase him. And she openly sees it. Um, after he put the roses at his, uh, the death of his parents in the alley. So it's only when he like reveals it to her that it comes full circle. And even though he does share it with her, it ends up not working out because she, she's no longer in the movies after the first one. And I think it's because Bruce just can't separate himself and he can't get the closure he needs to continue on. And he'll always be in this, in the rut of being Batman. And I think the, the movie captures this, captured this very much. And I like how intelligent they show Bruce to be. Um, I love how they also show how very candid Bruce can be with other people. Like he tells Knox, he's like, yeah, just give him a grant. Who gives a shit? Um, so I like how they show more of the Playboy side, and I like how he has, like, parties and all that stuff in the movie. So it, like, covers, like, his, like, Playboy and, like, entrepreneur side of him, which I don't think very many other films really cover. I think most Batman films focus much more on him being Batman, which I understand is the more interesting side of the story. But I don't know. I've always liked when they touch upon Bruce trying to balance the two sides of his life because it's i mean it's extremely hard i mean there are many like issue, issues of comics where it, it, it basically his world crumbles around him because he he can't find his villains basically ruin that balance so i really like it and i and i liked how the joker tries to egg him on to like reveal himself like i i take my mask off so you have to take off yours which the joker is entirely tricking gotham but like there's a time in the movie where Gotham's like calling for him to show who he is. So Joker stops like terrorizing Gotham by putting chemicals and like soaps and deodorants and shaving cream that'll turn people into him basically, but so much that they die. Um, I, I love the, the crazy side of the Joker. Like he has a plan, but he also doesn't in the sense that, his plan is so predictable that it seems as though he doesn't have a plan. And I, I really think they showed it off with the Joker because of how 
much fear he puts into the people of Gotham in this film. I mean, to the point where they basically just stop going shopping, like for anything, because they're afraid that if they eat something or they, they wash their body with the soap or they put on deodorant or they shave that morning, that they'll become basically this smiling corpse. And I, I think the darker side of Tim Burton really captures that. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy those scenes so much when it's focused on the citizens of Gotham dealing with the rivalry between these two powerhouses, essentially. Um, the soundtrack. I want to talk about the soundtrack. So I am not the biggest Prince fan. All right. I know some people are going to be like blasphemy, but that's fine. I don't dislike Prince. He's just not my favorite. Like Purple Rain, that's good. I like Purple Rain. Now, I also like this album as well. It's not, some of the songs are okay, but my, I think my favorite scene in the movie with Prince's music is the art, art, art museum like slash restaurant where he basically goes into this museum and destroys all these arts with the song Party Man. I think it it's a great scene. Um, it's got great humor in it. Um, the way that the Joker's characterized in him just being insane, but at the same time, like he kind of tries to keep that like classy persona around him, like he's like he's still like a classy gangster. And I just I just think the scene is one of the just one of the best in the film. I I, I think the, the music is just perfectly paired with that scene, and I would never change it. I would never pick a different song or change or put him in a different area and what he's doing um, it shows him terrorizing and murdering everybody and the song's just so a beat to basically like in his head this is completely normal and it's it's party time it's there's nothing to be scared of it like madness is madness is and I, I i really like that part of the movie it's some it's always something that i i think about when i see other iterations of the joker like how well does it match up to this Joker and how it like characterizes him. And I, I think it's really important to look at these kind of scenes and compare it to other iterations to like what works best and what doesn't. So uh, Danny Elfman's score is the next thing I'd like to talk about. It is probably one of the biggest soundtracks of my childhood. Anytime I think of Batman, I think of Danny Elfman's score. I think it perfectly encapsulates the feel of the films, the world of Batman, and the dark, looming natures of the universe. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I can listen to it doing anything. Like, um, in my first, like, semester of college, when I would write papers, I would listen to the soundtrack just because... It would help me write. It was like my muse because I love like the themes and all of the little pictures you can get in your head. And you can feel like it's a living world through the music alone. Like if you took the dialogue and only had the soundtrack in that film, I still feel like it'd be a beautiful film without any talking or anything. Because the music fits the world so well. Um, I'd even, I, I would totally watch a cut of that film where it's just this, the score with the film. Um, I like other, uh, other works of Danny Elfman. Um, I know some people think he's a little overrated, but that's, 
that's fine. I like him. Uh, my favorite composer is John Williams, which some people might also think is overrated. But the, John Williams and Danny Elfman are, are the people that really wrote um, the soundtracks to most of my favorite childhood movies. I, I can always listen to their music. It, it brings me a lot of joy to listen to their music. And I'll always be grateful for that soundtrack in the original Batman. And it also, they use that, uh, that score in a lot of the Batman animated series and the Lego Batman video game. So it's, <laughs> you could find it anywhere, and it's one of the most popular versions of any Batman movie score. So, yeah. So, another part that I have a little bit of an issue with this film um, is the lack of color. I understand that Batman is supposed to be a dark and brooding character, which is fine. But the comics and a lot of the other ones don't really have this air of permanent darkness, which some people might disagree with me, and that's fine. But if you look at, like, Golden Age and Silver Age Batman, there's a lot of color in the comics. And I think what makes those dark, loomy shots of Batman when you when when he's in Gotham and he's protecting the city is that there's a huge color shift which makes it you it lets you know that this is more of the darker side of Gotham this is the real side of Gotham so I just kind of wish that there was more color in the scenes like with the other citizens or when he's like just Bruce I wish there was more similar to none some people might get angry for uh at me for this but there are some parts of Batman Forever where I like the color scheme. Because comics have a lot of color. And I think the scenery is just as, as important as anything else in a film. I think, it, I, I think they need to fit perfectly hand in hand. Music and the visuals are what make a film. If you don't like what you're seeing, you won't like the film. If you don't like what you're hearing, you won't like the film. And I think... If those don't match each other very well, that's what can really ruin a film. That's why, like, sometimes when you watch a movie and you just hate the soundtrack, part of it might be because you don't like, you don't think it fits what you're looking at. Um, now, I don't think this, I think this album does fit the scenery totally. But I just would like more color in the film instead of just, because it's a lot of black and blues. Now, I like those colors, and that's totally fine if that's what all you want to do. But for me personally, I prefer the look of Batman Forever, Gotham. The Gotham in particular, I prefer the universe, like the darker tone of the story and the darker characters of Tim Burton's, but I prefer the look of parts of Gotham in the Jules Schumacher's Batman Forever. So I'm going to come to a close with my review. Um, I'm going to give you my final rating for this film. So, I'm going to explain a little bit more how uh, I rate my films. So, 1 out of 10 is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, I would not recommend that film. And number 5, uh, 5 out of 10, is an average film. doesn't mean it's a bad film. It also doesn't mean it's a great film. So, uh, yeah, it's basically just a film that just feels around the mill, nothing, nothing special, uh, nothing horrible, nothing really fun to watch. So yeah, uh, a 10 out of 10. 
is a film that I would compare other films to for like the greatest film of all time. So I just want to let you know for my numbers before I just rate it. I would give this film a 9 out of 10. And the reason why I say that is because I love the characterization of the Batman universe. I love, the, I love the way they're written. I love the way they're shot. I love the way they act. I absolutely love the score of, of this film. I think it's great. I think the acting in this film is superb. There's not a single character in this that I would remove because I just, I just love all of them. Yeah, I, I, and also I, I can just watch this film anytime. Like if it's on, I can watch it. There's never a time where I'm like, oh, I just don't want to watch this movie. I think I think it has that great rewatchability for the way that the characters interact with each other, the story. I love the darkness. I love the dark story. I like the more mature stories of Batman. Um, not saying that ones that are aimed more kids aren't bad. I just I prefer the darker mythos of the Batman universe, and I think that's when it's at its strongest. Because unlike other superheroes, it doesn't work as well with them, and I think with him. It's just built into the character to tell those more mature stories. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you made it to the end. I know sometimes I can drone on and on, but I just love films and I, I love this film. So I hope uh, we continue for more podcasts and I hope you come and listen in. All right. Bye-bye.